get ready because today's shift in steer is going to be extra special because myself, Matt, and Aaron are in studio, but we have a special guest, Ann Anstead from Wheeler Dealers. And you know what? He's here to tell us all about his new show that can be found on the Motor Trend app. It's called Ant Anstead Master Mechanic, where he builds a car from scratch in 12 weeks. That's right. He does it all. It's really cool, and we get the sneak peek before it even airs. Debuts October 10th on the Motor Trend app. Be sure you check it out, but listen right now because we're getting all the scoop first before anybody else. Before we get started with the show, though, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning. Pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, G-E-I-C-O, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to do you do today. Let's get started. What's up, Brian Deegan here. I'm excited to bring you our podcast, The Deegans, that will be every Wednesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. We'll be covering many subjects such as racing, family, how we stay together, how we thrive as a family. So I think it's exciting. We're going to cover all those subjects and many more. Be sure you guys check out our new podcast, The Deegans, airing every Wednesday on Podcast One and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It's great to have you here, man. I mean, first of all, and Ed said in the studio, in the studio, <laughs> drove so far all the way up from Newport Beach to I Anaheim. I know, I know. It's a big trek, guys. But remember, I love to drive. So any excuse to get yeah. in, to get in my. Um, it's so close. You could have used the electric scooter. You could have used like do, a, a bird or a lime. Or... I have one. <laughs> you, you have to have one if you live near <laughs> yeah. the beach. Uh, these are the rules, apparently. Yeah. You have to have tan lines so and electric j- bikes. Just prior to starting, uh, Ant was telling us uh, how great this podcast is. So he was. Go ahead. You can. You can go back. ahead. You can put it on the air if you want. How you listen to it all the time? And uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew, that happened. see, I knew it. I knew that happened. Okay, well, well, I think it's on camera. We got some camera guys. Yeah, there is going to be some evidence somewhere. Yeah. It'll be used against me later. But no, in yeah. all seriousness, um, yeah, podcasts are a kind of a, f- a funny thing because. They're probably more prolific now than they ever have been. And, you know, in terms of car podcasts, and there's a few out there. I love your guys' podcasts. It's good. Thank well, thanks. You. We've, been doing, uh, uh, we've been doing this show, I don't know, six uh, Going five, on five years five now, years. yeah. And I've been doing podcasting yeah. for 10 years, and it seems like the last uh, almost 18 months – Big. Podcast has really started yeah. to blow it up, and there's been acquisitions in the space. So, yeah, it's big um, we haven't seen any change in our numbers. But uh, <laughs> no, wait a minute, no, wait a minute. they've gone down. Well, yeah, no, right. no. If it makes you feel any better, my mom has a tendency to sort of watch everything I do. So you're definitely going to get one more. One more, yeah, That's, uh, good, great, great. Well, you know what's funny? We talk about it all the time. When we debuted our Shift and Steer podcast at SEMA, nobody knew what it was. They'd come up and they'd go. So what is this? What radio station? No, it's po- now everybody knows what a podcast of is. Of course yeah. they do. And now they're really going to know because Aunt Edstead's here in the studio. That, you've been you've been with us at SEMA before. I have. Yeah, I remember sitting on your podcast at SEMA with Mike. We uh, yeah, we had a bit of fun there. And of course, Aaron. Hi, I know Aaron's remotely uh, yeah. tuning in, uh, but he was there. In I mean, he yeah. managed to grace us with his presence there. I know. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he's far too busy this morning. Yeah, he got paid that day to I, make an effort <laughs> to come and see us. Uh, you I got driven down. Some more notice. With some more notice, I'd be there right now. Two weeks' notice wasn't enough? <laughs> what What the hell? I didn't get two weeks' notice. I barely got a day. Now, you know what's stupid is, 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 is I have a barn fine Porsche I'm supposed to pick up, and I would be there right now, but I postpone it till next week because tomorrow starts my open house for three days, and I didn't think I could squeeze it in. So oh, well, oh. Was, um, open, house. Open, open house because you're selling your house? No, open no, house no, because no, he has to clean out his garage. Stop. 
Ah, oh, right, at, yeah, because I, I follow Runner's Garage. Right, because I follow you on social media, and uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> hey, the reason, one of the reasons, Ant is here today is because you've got a brand new show coming out. I do, and PR sent us a rough cut of it. We've seen it. We've seen right. episode one. The, the, right. This is before we started recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I got the bombshell that actually that uh, you guys have seen an episode of my new show and I haven't. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, <laughs> well, very rough cut. <laughs> so wait so, a second. I should be interviewing <laughs> you guys. So the reason why they won't show it to you, there was like there was no sound editing. There was no oh, color correction. No color correction. It was, it oh, was pasty. It was, <laughs> it was a rough cut. There was a few things. I was like, oh, he looks very British. Yes. I mean, we got the clapper board. We got everything. Yeah. So, and then there's a few scenes where I'm like, oh, they definitely color edited that. Looks like he's been in California for two years. Do, do, <laughs> did, did you like it? It's, it's great. It's great. But here's. Oh, the, there's a bot. <laughs> no. So my question was. Because we saw the first episode and we got some information uh, from Motor Trend app where it's going to be on, yep. I don't know how much we can give away yeah, that was about my question. the vehicle that you're building. Because I feel like yeah. in the press release they're talking about it. Um, well, I, I, let's, let's go over the rules okay. then. The rules, yeah, the what rule, are the rules? The rules you lay this. the game. I am totally open to tell you everything about the car. Okay, great. In fact, I think it's essential to the story because the show is going to be accessible this time next week. So it's only seven days away, remember, and I'm in the middle of building it genuinely right yeah. now. The build is happening as we speak. Incredible. Um, so so I, think it's, um, I think it's really important that we talk about why that car, the history of that car, why that car is important to me. And um, yeah. This interview is no holds barred. Okay, so let's step back a little bit. What's the name of the show? Right, I've got a a new show coming out. Uh, As I said, it's on October 10th. It'll be on the Motor Trend app, um, and it's called Ant Anstead Master Mechanic. And the idea is you're basically taking a break in between filming the next season of Wheeler Dealers, but you're bored at home with your huge new family and baby and, <laughs> and, and, and wife, and you're like, I've got some free time. I'm going to go build a car on my own. Let's grab right. a crew there's and a, film it. Yeah, there's, a, there's actually a little bit more backstory to it. So, so Wheeler Dealers, as you know, you know, making television is incredibly hard, and making 27 episodes, you know, hour-long episodes. in That's in just it, nuts is what it is. Yeah, yeah. and that boils 27 episodes in real terms boils down to 24 cars yeah. in, in less than a year. So we're, we're buying, fixing, restoring, and selling a car every two weeks around the clock. So, for, for, you know, and in, in, we're about to enter the 17th year of Wheeler Dealers. So if you imagine over the last 16 years, last year's 27 episodes was the most 24 cars that the show has ever done in 17 years. Yeah. Um, normally, you know, in the early days, it managed 10. In some days, it managed 12. When I first joined, it was only 18 episodes, 16 cars. Yeah, So we've managed... Well, that's still... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, season one, you're like, ah, it's It's still an incredible cars. amount of cars. So if you imagine, um, it's been a monumental amount of work, and as a result of that monumental amount of work, we, we, we deserved and earned some time off. So Mike and I both were given... Uh, 12 weeks off and it coincided with the fact that i'm you know i was due to be a, a new father new so, father congratulations by the way thank you which i have now since what had. you do to get out of changing diapers exactly <laughs> so i've now um so we had this kind of 12 week window this is mike and me by the way we had this 12 week window where we both needed to decompress and come down from what has been a monumentally hectic year of wheeler dealers and um, mike got on a plane went back to england and like me Mike's a car guy. So Mike got himself stuck into a new car show of his own. And you know, Discovery Motor Trend said to me, well, do you fancy doing something? And it just so happened. I mean, I was building this car anyway. Yeah. I'd all, in fact, I'd already bought the donor, planned the body, bought some parts before it was even a conversation about it being a television show. The uh, you know parts were living at the workshop. So this was a dream before. Yeah. Th- I, this was something you wanted to do. I, I was building the car anyway. So when, um, and, and interestingly enough, I'm actually writing a new, uh, a new book for Haynes about the build. Oh, really? So okay. I'm, I'm writing a book, building a car in my own time. I'm about to launch a new Haynes book. It'll be out in May next year on this build. So when, you know, Motor Trend and Discovery knocked on the door and said, well, you got 12 weeks off. What do you, <laughs> we know how restless you are. What yeah. do you fancy doing? I said, well, actually, I'm, I'm building this car. I'm writing this book. Why don't you just follow that? Yeah. And, um, you know, what it's like in TV land, it takes an awful lot of time and a lot of people and red tape to get TV commissioned. But this shows the exception to that. Within one phone call, they said, well, that sounds great. Because, of course, we had to move on it. So yeah, we, that's great. We, that's... We, we were sort of, we went from it being a concept 
to a commission, if you like, within a few days. So, so I'll tell you, the one thing when I watched this reel that they sent us, the one thing that I really liked about it was it captured the essence of that you were building the car. Yeah. That, that it wasn't yeah. a team of guys. It wasn't a, and the one thing that I noticed that captured that in what we saw was taking the frame to the, to the blaster. Because when the cameraman set it down, set his camera down on the ground, and we see him help you carry it out, yeah, yeah. It, it really <laughs> That's captured in the show, all by that. the way. I don't know if you yeah. know that. That's right. in well, the episode this, that you haven't seen. What, what's really nice, I mean, this has actually been a really kind of, um, it's been a really interesting way for me to look at TV. I'm still relatively new in TV. I've been doing it about six or seven years. And uh, for me, the TV land is a place that breeds creativity. It's a place where people that are creative people come and express themselves. Um, but also at the same time, TV land is really confined by rules and regulations and red tape and <laughs> politics. And, you know, oh, yeah. getting yeah. shows commissioned is hard. Oh, yeah. Getting shows audiences to like content is very difficult. You know, it's incredibly um, it's incredibly fickle out there. And it's also a very fast moving sector. So um, I'm a creative person and. I said at the beginning, this is what I would like the show to look like. I would like it to actually be incredibly real. I'm just building this car. I want you to almost be a fly on the wall. I, of course, there's going to be bits where I need to lift a chassis. I'm not going to be able to lift it myself. Why not have the cameraman help? Yeah. Why not have dialogue with the sound man? Why not? And bear in mind, I'm building a special. This is a car that doesn't exist. It's a car that has no uh, manual. There's no... You know, there's no build manual for it. Right. So we're, let's define special. Not necessarily a, co oh. uh, a common term. Out yeah, here. let's take special. a step back. So, the, so because in the yeah. show you define it, and here we need to define it as well. Oh, special really would be coach build. No, you see, this is, this is incredibly important to me because I, yeah. I believe right now there's a whole generation of car fans that have lost the concept of specials. Okay. Um, there was a guy in the 50s, John Doan. He wrote the kind of the definitive book on what is a special. And ironically, John Haynes's first ever Haynes book was a manual how to build an Austin 7 special. The cover was actually wow. hand-drawn with a pencil. It's a fantastic thing. And bear in mind, that then started the dynasty of Haynes that went on to be, you know, have a global impact on millions of people. But especially, and this is the best uh, definition I can find, is an it's a unique car mm -hmm. built by an individual of no particular design using parts of existing cars. That okay. is a special. Good. Well-defined. As opposed to what you brought up, which was coach built. Yeah. Like what we built at Boyd's, where we would build a chassis, then we would, you know, hand, and everything was done to a specific design. What you're saying is you're taking the best of what you think of from various cars and creating yeah. what you want, right? Yeah, kind of. If you think, if you, if you want to go a step further, you could say that um, it's an individual car built for a specific purpose. So if I'm building a special for racing... I want to go for the best engine, best diff, best wheels, best body. Or if I'm building a car for trialing or off-roading, I, again, want to go for the best engine, best... But the, the, the decision-making lies within the hands of the builder. Right, which is, it's your baby. Yeah, so if you imagine there's, you know, the, your friend knows a hot rod, mm -hmm. and he's taken a, a chassis off here and a body off there and an axle off there, he's, he's actually just built a special. Yeah. Well, I would say Aaron's pretty familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I, I mean, I, I get it. You have to have some notion of where you want to go because depending on what body you want to use, instead of just cutting down a chassis, if you can find a chassis that's well-engineered, that's close to your dimensions, you can go. So you have to have some sort of vision. For well, well yeah, I mean, it's nice right? to have a vision, Aaron, but ultimately the, the, the whole benefit of building special is that vision can change. It can. Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely okay to go to bed, yeah. having finished your tail section of your car. Wake up the next morning and start again. That's it's okay. a work in progress. It's sure, it's always going to be a work yeah, in progress. Totally and that's what I love about building special is that it's the most liberating way to build cars. And actually, for me, building specials is much more rewarding than building uh, than restoring a car. With a restoration, yeah. you have to take two or three steps backwards. And yeah, we've experienced this recently. Aaron built this car called Red Voodoo that we love. <laughs> um, and then he sent it to Pete Shaporis to be safer. And yes, the vision changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it needed lug nuts. It needed, oh, it, right, yeah, it yeah, needed you know, really uh, essential yeah. things. But it, this is really <laughs> where, that worked. Where, where America, <laughs> it, you know, you, you come from England and where America, where those two kind of collide is that the essence of true American hot rod and when it started 
That's what everybody was doing, was yeah, Bill, doing what you yeah. said. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I wanted to capture. I wanted to capture this marriage between my European heritage of car building and the American passion for car building. And ultimately, you know, we, the, the car that I built is a homage to the first ever Formula One winning race car. And, um, you know, Formula One out here isn't a big deal. It truly isn't. In Europe, it is like a religion. Oh, yeah. 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 But it's... out here, Formula One has yet to kind of strike a chord with the masses of America. Right. Um, you know, there's only one race in, in America at the moment at Texas. Yeah. Um, which we're going to. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but ultimately, if you imagine what Formula One represents today, it's this huge multi-billion dollar circus, monumental scientific ergonomics, ground force, every single. You could lose a race. You could come 10 spaces later in 0.1 of a second. Yeah. It's the absolute pinnacle of motorsport. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all of that started 70 years ago on May 13th in 1950. The FIA got their heads together and said, we need a new world championship, Formula One. And they hosted that race at Silverstone, at my home racetrack in England. And the, uh, the teams that had cars at the time said, look, come together, bring your cars. And of course, because of World War II, no one really was prepared for it. But Alfa Romeo were hands down in the 20s and 30s, the dominant motorsport manufacturer in the world. Yeah. They had the best driver, the best cars. So when Alfa Romeo pulled out a car called the Alpha 158, which they designed in the 30s. They took it to that race at Silverstone in 1950. They came first, second, and third, and <laughs> would have come fourth if Fangio hadn't had an oil leak on the last lap. And that Alpha 158 went on to win every single Formula One race it ever entered. It's the most successful Formula One car of all time, and nobody in America's heard of it. Yeah. And they haven't heard of it because there's only yeah. six. Ironically, only two in private collection, and one belongs in California. One's here. Which, yeah. um, you know, on the show, we got to spend some time uh -huh. with it. And we're talking about cars that are, you know, the, the value of that car between 20 and 30 million. I was going to say, right, around 20, 25 million. 20 to 30 million. It's, you know, and the, the 70th anniversary of Formula One is coming up of May next year. So the timing's really, really nice. Um, it is arguably one of the most beautiful cars ever made. It's this kind of boat-tailed, svelte, slippery. I mean, it's just timeless. And um, it... It captured an era where drivers were very, very different. There was no seatbelts. If you started right. to roll, you had to jump. <laughs> um, uh, the original car seats. Aaron still does that today. Yeah. Yeah. The, the original seat ah. material is corduroy. It looks like a geography oh, teacher's yeah. jacket. Um, and it's this kind of this it, 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 1.5 liter engine pumping 400 brake horsepower. Oh Wasn't God. it a straight eight in those cars? Straight eight. That's, yeah. why, that's why it was called the, the 158. One and a half liter eight cylinder. It took 220 gallons to, to race. Wow. <laughs> 220 wow. gallons of fuel. So yeah. all these polar bears are dying and icebergs are melting. <laughs> but that day, could you imagine? And, you know, we're very lucky because I've, uh, we've managed, the, the network have managed to put archive footage in the show. So there's this unbelievable footage. And I know you guys have seen some episodes and I haven't. But um, I've seen the archive footage where, and it's in color, at Silverstone, May 13th, 1950. And um, the, the teams arrive with their cars on the back of removal lorries. There's bales of hay around the track. And yeah. I've now raced at Silverstone Modern. Yeah. Totally different space. <laughs> yeah. And it just captured in that one moment, that was Formula One. There. And so now look at it. Unfortunately, that was the part they did cut out, they told us. And there's a Corvette commercial there now, Ant. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, uh, <laughs> actually, Bradley, Motor Trend has no commercials. No so commercials. The, motor, the, motor now, trend, the, yeah. the one thing I want to say, I mean, Aaron, you're listening here, and Matt, do you see some enthusiasm here? And when <laughs> oh Ant's enthusiasm comes through on the show, I mean, it's... That, I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke. You can just see it. Yeah, yeah. You, you are living this. It was like a dream come true for them to make that call and say, let's document this. Because now it sounds like you're taking something you've wanted to do for so long and actually getting to show it to everyone while you do it. Yeah, I mean, we talk a bit about TV and how, you know, this complicated sector that we all work in. And ultimately, there's, a, there's an awful lot of TV that lacks passion. And, you know, I watch a lot of TV on, uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of shows on TV and I, I sit back and I think, hang on a minute, how has this been commissioned and who's responsible? Because this isn't what I joined this sector for. And ultimately, in terms of, you know, life advice to give anyone, just find something that you're so damn passionate about. And if you can share that passion with somebody else, then you cracked it. It's really, yeah. it's really strange. This is really funny because this morning, this is, I sent this email this morning. 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, I sent this email this morning to uh, somebody at Motor Trend, and I included a quote in the email. Look, it was sent like 40 minutes ago um, from Anthony Bourdain. Now, I was a huge fan of Anthony yeah. Bourdain. Oh, yeah. Still am. And he wrote a quote, and he says, if you think about who the audience is and what their expectations might be, that's the road to badness and mediocrity. Go out there, make a show, and tell the best story you can as the best you can. And if it's interesting to you, hopefully it's interesting to others. If you don't make television like that, it's pandering. I had somebody say to me once in the automotive aftermarket, they said, you're going to be successful in this field if you would do it for free. And that's really what it comes down to. That's it. But can we just get on record that I will not do this stuff yeah. for free? Yeah, I'm not doing <laughs> this for free. No, we're not doing it. Well, actually, Matt, we do do this for free. But, you know, I'm saying. Like, but, but no, but, but I mean, if you have that as much. As long as passion, this doesn't go to motor trend. Yes, exactly. Um, we'll edit that part out. I should have never said that. No. Um, but but that's, that's the essence of it, yes. is that just like you said, you were going to build this car anyway. Exactly. It's just a huge bonus that now you get to do it and show it to everybody as you do it. Yeah, and, and for me, I have to remember, is that every day I pinch myself. For me, that is the ultimate privilege. The fact that is, you know, I, I'm living in California. I am doing something that I absolutely would do for free. This is my passion. And the fact that I get to share it with people that are like-minded and share my passion I, you know, it's the, it is ultimately the the biggest privilege, and I'm incredibly lucky to do. You know, we all are. We're incredibly lucky. It's funny because this this c- crazy kind of bonkers car sector that we're in and love, we are all in. Oh yeah, like we are in two feet, yeah. heart, yeah. soul. And we were in regardless if there was a podcast or TV. Or exactly, we're in. we've been doing the cars yeah. and building totally. stuff and having some fun with it. And if you think about all the people that you know if you scroll through the contacts in your phone now there's probably hundreds on there and you actually went through and said oh no let's score these people (laughs) (laughs) the the classic car people they're the best people yeah Yeah. we we always say that uh, i always tell people it doesn't matter i i've been in this for so long it doesn't matter if you're talking to a guy who is the ceo of a corporation and makes 200 million a year or if it's a guy who's working at the gas station, you put those two guys together yeah. at an event, they have something in common. Yeah. They have something they can talk about. And a lot of times, that CEO, he's more enthusiastic because he wants to know because he hasn't had the chance to be down in the, in the, in the, in the garage with as many people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, from a car, yeah. if, we, if we step into the car restoration world for a while, I, um, you know, I've restored cars, hundreds of cars, and I always say to any home restorer, the best place for advice and support of the owners clubs. The owners clubs are made up of teams of volunteers and individual and no yeah. heart is greater than the heart of a volunteer. And I've I've had I've reached out to owners clubs, I've reached out on forums and I've asked people that I've never met before in my life. I need X part and literally everybody goes out their way for you because they're classic car people. It's a different mindset, it's a different personality, it's a different kind of heart and soul and you know we live in a time where you know people can be um you know, incredibly selfish, incredibly uh, critical, but ultimately, I, 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 don't, I never get that experience from classic car fans. And, and the thing about it is that you know we, we, we have fun. We bust Aaron's balls all the time about <laughs> his rat rods and and his cars need work and stuff. We're just but, fearful of his life. But, <laughs> yes, no, but but what what is so great about it is that that is just another carved out segment. I love it. I, I you know I haven't built any cars like that, but. I love it. And it's like, you know, Matt's into, well, Matt's into Fox Body Mustangs, but we won't get it. No. Yeah, but, but, really? no. Yeah. but you know, I heard that there's like a self-help group for people like you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've been going to counseling and I bought a Ford. Now uh, he's a truck uh, guy. Ford Lightning truck instead oh, no, as well. Oh, so yeah, I got a, you have a problem. 95 Lightning now as well. Yeah. I do have a problem. Apparently everyone <laughs> on social media says so. Fox Body Mustang. Yes. Wow. Oh, I've got two of them. Oh my God! It's like an app. Yeah. He's yeah. He it's it's he sees them all the time, and he's like, oh, I might. We're at Barrett Jackson, and he's like, Brad, you got to come over and look at this Fox body. It's for sale, and I'm like, going, Matt, we've looked at five of them already. Well, first of all, we're at Barrett Jackson, so everything's for sale. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, but actually, that brings up a good point because the, the characters that you're talking about, the guys that you're talking about, um, guys like Craig Jackson's a friend of ours, a long mm-hmm. time. 
running a huge company is in Vegas now at another big event. But last week he was in the paint booth painting one of his cars. He likes to get his hands dirty. When we get him on the show and we talk to him about it, he talks about fabricating. He talks about finding a little bit of time on a weekend or in between the big events to do some fabrication. Yeah, It's funny you touch on that because that's also another reason why it was important to share this build. Because ultimately you've got these, you've got all these people out there that have jobs but actually, because we're in a, a sector driven by passion, is that they all have aspirations to tinker on a car, own a car, restore a car. And the message that I want to tell people is that, yes, you can restore a car. Restoring a car is fantastic. I'll spend forever doing that. But you can just build one. Yeah. You can. And actually, the only thing limiting your, your um, efforts to start building a car is probably confidence. And the state right. of California, but that well, we won't get into that. <laughs> we won't get into that. But, but ultimately, ultimately, I want people to see this series and at the end of it feel empowered to go and build a special. So we watched the first episode, and we're talking about the car now. But in the first episode, it seemed like you, you had a vague idea of what you wanted to build. You rolled in with a chassis. Yes. And that's about it. But that entire episode, no discussion of the theme of the car, the style of the car, the body of the car. No, uh, well, you none have, of that you have was to determined. forgive me because I've not seen the, the edit. But, you know, it, it, 12 episodes, the show's over. And yeah. it, as you know, the real estate in TVs, you know, it's a valuable space. And to build one car over 12 episodes is a huge leap of faith from the network. Yeah. Um, I had an idea, and I knew what car I was going to build. Whether that's shown in episode one is probably a TV way to spread the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that we say what car it is very early. I'm happy to say that it's a it's a homage to the Alfa Romeo 158, the first ever car yeah. to win a Formula 1. And we race. did find out what your chassis started from. So, yeah, the- so I chose a... I, it was really important to me that my build had a European soul about it had a european backbone and um you know in america you know you definitely know owning a fox body you spent all <laughs> you spent all day i'm um, looking at parts um you know that um you can right now probably go and buy one of a thousand rolling chassis that are yeah. available oh, this, yeah. this country's got hundreds of them yeah but also the mgtd lent itself to this build so beautifully first of all 75 percent of tds ever made came to the states Okay. It's the first MG to have uh, double wishbones. First MG to have rack and pinion. Yeah. It had the ladder chassis, which is exactly what I need, the very basic entry-level engineering to get me on my build and get me started. And the fact that it came from Europe was really important. And, And again, you bridged, and I don't know if this was thought through or not, but you bridged, you know, America and Europe because that car really started the sports car culture in America. Yeah, it was a really important... This isn't just a story about, look at what I'm building, follow that. This is actually an insight into so many other different layers. I would like to teach Americans about the history of special building, about the history of MGs, about the history of Formula One, about the history of Alfa Romeo. Um, You know, a lot of people don't realize. Everybody's heard of Ferrari, but not many people know that Enzo Ferrari was head of Alfa Romeo Racing. Yeah. Yeah. So Alfa 158 yeah. was uh, yeah. was part of the Enzo dynasty. It was only when Enzo decided to leave and set up a car company, which turned out to be quite good, that... Um, he got lucky. He got lucky, maybe. <laughs> but he, um, that whole, the whole Alfa influence, especially for Americans, was completely discarded. So I want American viewers to sit at home and go, yeah, I, I know, I've heard of Enzo Ferrari. Yeah. Oh, so that's the reason why early Alphas carry the the Scuderia, they carry the the, the prancing horse. I just had an opportunity just a few days ago. Uh, I was working in in San Francisco and then went to Seattle and uh, visited the friends over at Forza Motorsport. They built an incredible game. 12 million people a month play this driving game now. And the guy that that runs the studio uh, was there and uh, one of the one of the our partners, uh, Justin Osmer, who uh, mm-hmm. we've had on our show a few times, he said, I'm going to come to the airport. You've never been to Seattle. I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to show you a few things. And he took me to this beautiful industrial park, new kind of modern buildings uh, on the water. And he said, we're going to go see a car collection that not many people get to see. Uh, it was a guy named John Shirley. John Shirley was one of the first uh, COO, president, and directors of Microsoft. I've heard of them. 
and uh, uh, Phew, they're yeah. the Ferrari of uh, of software. <laughs> I've, I've heard of them. I know those guys. <laughs> yeah, and and John Shirley's collection was amazing, and he has this love affair with Alfa Romeo, pre-war Alfa Romeo, and he had an amazing uh, uh, racing car there. Um, and he had, uh, I want to say it was like an early 18, 1938 Alfa Romeo. And he went and he uh, restored the car, put his whole life and soul yeah, into it. Beautiful. And uh, won Pebble Beach. Oh, wow. So it's a proper car. Yeah. <laughs> he won Pebble Beach with it. And then he went all around the world and submitted the car to the Pebble Beach equivalents of, of any, every country. Any, any and he kept world, winning yeah. and winning and winning. And now he's got like eight of the the most prestigious trophies on the yeah, planet. I, I probably know the car then. Yeah. And, and I said, I, how did this happen? He goes, I think after like the third or fourth award, uh, the judges were, were like, we can't not win this car because <laughs> right. everybody else thinks it's great. So regardless of what we think, it has to get yeah. it. And it's just fantastic. Well, do me a favor. Make sure you direct this show under the nose of that chap. Because this yes. is right in his wheelhouse. This is it, it is fantastic and uh, twin supercharged. By the way, it down low. Uh, is, uh, the engine's inline uh, eight, maybe. Yeah, inline eight. In, inline eight. And I wasn't sure if it was twelve or eight, but I'm going to say eight. And it has uh, twin superchargers in one casing. Almost looks like two Magnuson superchargers. Is it like the one. one on my dragster in the warehouse? Uh, I'd have to go see that. Where, where it's uh, crank-driven. Yeah, it's crank-driven. and it's in the middle of the engine on the side. Nice. And you see, that's one thing Alpha did really well is they made art. Yes. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Art the word. It's gorgeous, but it has like uh, like downdraft Webers, but underneath, oh, wow. hanging down, and then they put like a metal pan down there so it wouldn't suck in rocks. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the most uh, that's the most uh, efficient way of doing it. It was all about going fast. Remember, it was all about going fast, and that that car is gorgeous. They did such a nice job on that thing. Oh. But now, wow, what an amazing Alfa Romeo collection that he had. Now, one of the things that uh, that kind of bridging what you're saying and what you're saying is that I know a gentleman here in town, Dave Sidork. He's a big yeah, customer yeah. of mine. And, um, and he's got the early, I mean, like serial number one Ferrari and he's got early alphas and like that. But that is here. Mm-hmm. Then we take your homage to, to the car. And what it does is it brings it from that collector, the well-heeled guy who can afford whatever he wants, get it restored, find that part, have that part fabricated and then we have the car that, like what you said, you're building what you want, yeah. but it's in a silhouette that represents that car. And you could jump in it and drive it to Cars and Coffee. Yeah, that, and that's actually a really important message that I want this uh, show to get across. That um, kind of the echelons of the car world, the unachievable. We're talking $20, 30000000 million to own one of these cars. Yeah. And you know, there's, oh, only, yeah. there's only a handful of them as well. So getting <laughs> access, getting into one, being able to experience one is actually only for the – it's not even the 0.1%. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. Therefore, for me to capture the same spirit of that time, it looks, it smells, it feels, it drives like that car. I, I, I think the only way for me to achieve that is to physically go and build it. And yeah, I use a more humbler route. You know, I use a I, I use an Alfa Romeo engine. I take a car, a, a, a '70s Alfa Spider, so I use the two-liter twin cam, fantastic engine. Uh, completely change it, dry sump, gas flow, stick it on Webers. It's the business, and I make some really brave engineering decisions. If you ever look at a, an early picture of Fangio, for example, or Farina driving the Alfa 158 in period, they they seem to sit quite high out the car. Yeah, and that's because it had yeah. a it had an inline engine at the front with a central gearbox and a prop shaft ran between their legs, which meant the gear stick was in the middle and the pedals were split. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I'm I'm a lot taller than Fangio. He's like five eight, five nine. <laughs> I'm over 6'2", so I offset my rear axle and angled my front engine. So not only did I put the engine on an angle, which meant I could have a conventional three-pedal layout, it put the gear stick in the right place and put me in the car 10 inches lower. So I've made a decision that makes my car fit me. Right. And that is the very essence of special building. I'm building myself a bespoke suit. And even if I got myself in the real one, not only would I have to spend $20 million on it, but I would have to change gear between my legs and split my pedals now, and yeah. sit out the car like I a just saw it. Now, did I, you I, offset I to the right or to the left? I offset. I dressed to the right. <laughs> okay. 
Um, let's can, can we back up a bit a little That's bit? That's a dirty laugh, Aaron. <laughs> I'm so glad you're not here. Yeah. Oh, Aaron's not wearing pants right now. There's yeah. no way naked? he's. Yeah, he never right does. Now. Never does. Are, are you naked? Uh, so let's let's go before Wheeler Dealers before before this show before Wheeler Dealers. Were you a cop? I was. I was a police officer. Yeah, I joined the police when I was 18 and a half in. Uh, must have been nine, in 99, I think it was. Would that be a Bobby? I, every police officer in the UK has to start out as a Bobby. Even mm-hmm. the, the chief of police for the whole country was a Bobby for at least two years. It's a very, very, it's a rank structure. You have to go for every single rank. So, what yeah, I was what got you into that? Why why become a police officer? Uh, it, Is there some family background there, or you just love cops' uniforms? It's kind of strange because ultimately <laughs> I was a I was an eighteen um, eighteen and a half year old kid who didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I wanted. I was building cars, and I knew yeah. I loved cars, but I never considered it as a career. Um, and ultimately, I um, yeah, I just made a decision one day. I never told my parents either. I told my parents I was being I was going to be a police officer the day before I went to training school. Said, oh, guys, I, by the way, I was living at home then. Said, by, yeah. I, by the way, I'm not going to be about for about 12 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm now a police officer. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I look back on my police career with huge pride. It was, um, you know, I did six years and I saw and did some really monumentally crazy stuff. Stuff that you kind of look back and you think, gosh, did that really happen? And I've seen some really bad things. And some really great things. And I use that period of my life, which now feels a million miles away. I use that period of my life to um, enrich my life experience now. I am a better person because I was a policeman. That's and, great. And then you, how did you transition from that into uh, the car world? I mean, obviously a fan. And I like, was already in the car world. See, see the car world is a weird thing because people go... Hey, how'd you get into cars? The answer is never. Eighteen weeks ago, I saw a car and loved it. It's like you you grew up with it. You're yeah. you got some guy, Hot like, Wheels and you went. These yeah. are cool, it's and like, then you just kept going. Yeah. You, 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 they, and, and that's the key, isn't it? I mean, you do I, it from the beginning or or, or not. I, I built my first car when I was a kid, and I you know even go back even earlier. I was building go karts, and you know, at thirteen, I was taking apart lawnmowers to rob them of the engine. Yeah, that's what it was. We were hot yeah. rodding our bikes. We were doing whatever we could. It was just when we got that. That opportunity to do it on four wheels with a motor, that's exactly. when you yeah. did it. And remember, know? police being a police officer is shift work. Earlies, lates, and nights. Yeah. And shift work is brilliant if you're a car builder. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You have so much time off to build cars. So even when I was in the police, I was turning over restorations, building cars. I had a complete side business. So, okay. so you were running another business, and, and, and then what happened? It, that sort of started consuming your time, and you decided, I want to do this instead of remaining a police officer? Or um, what it, sort of? Or maybe you saw something as a police officer you didn't care for anymore, and you're like, this is Yeah, it coincided with a number of incidents in my life. Yeah. First of all, I'd, uh, I'd just had my daughter, so I was staring at a newborn baby. Um, I was stabbed as a police officer, so I received quite a pretty hefty injury. Um, and it kind of made you reevaluate what I want from life. And ultimately, I didn't want to go to work. And I was an armed police officer, which is really rare in the UK as well. I was a member of the TFU, the Tactical Firearms Unit. I was one of the youngest TFU officers ever. Um, And I I got two commendations for bravery, which I look back and they're not brave, they're stupid. So I was a 23-year-old lad making stupid decisions, which were disguised and masked as bravery. And ultimately, I didn't want to be a... I didn't want to be a 25-year-old new father... That was shot <laughs> yeah. or stabbed or injured. Yeah, stabbed and, again. And I just, That's I guess, terrible. I guess, yeah. I, I guess I had this kind of sort of awakening. And I, I, it's really funny because now I'm 40. I've completely, my entire attitude on everything's completely changed. I'm incredibly spiritual now. Um, I, I'm, I deal with gratitude in a completely different way. I, I, I give more now than I ever, ever have. And my life's richer for it. And as a, that, that's lost on a 20-year-old. It really is. And when you're a police officer, you become part of this overall, it's life. It's consuming. There you become your family, especially when you're a TFU officer. If I enter a door armed, I'm relying on my mate next to me as much as he's relying on me. And if one of us gets it wrong, someone might die. Mm-hmm. So that is a very, very difficult place to be in. So ultimately, um, yeah, it was a combination of a load of reasons. And it was the right decision. It's really funny because I do a lot of, talks in schools 
And whenever I speak to young people, I talk about, you know, my message is one of resetting, restarting. It's okay to say, this is not what I want. And there's no time limit. You don't have to go, well, in six months. No, you're okay to go, actually, guys, I'm off. That's it. I want to make a change and I want to do it right now. Um, In the same way building a car. I want to build a car. I'm going to do it right now. Stop thinking about it. Just build the car. Yeah. So ultimately, I say to young people, at 20, when I was 25, I didn't know that I wanted to go on this path because I was forced onto it. Lots of incidents happened that changed my, my you know, the meaning of life for me. But ultimately, looking back, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I thank God every day that I was stabbed. It's, it's wow. one of those things that we all kind of look back. And I remember my parents saying it to me, going, going you'll think about this different when you're a little older. True. And it is so true because as you do get older, you realize... You were kind of stupid when you're in your 20s. You thought Knowledge. you knew it all. Knowledge is wasted on the youth. Yes. <laughs> that's an exactly. incredible life experience you experienced in your early 20s. Yeah. You know, yeah and it certainly but, helped shape the path that you're on now. Oh, absolutely. And it's really funny because if I was to, um, you know, if I was to sort of look at some, uh, particularly tragedy, I think tragedy and death is a, is a part of Western civilization that isn't touched upon. We as a Western civilization celebrate life. If anyone has a baby, why the bum do we ask them? What, what is baby weigh? <laughs> Who cares what yeah. the baby weighs? How long is it? <laughs> but it's become, an acceptable, it's become an acceptable response to fill that dead space after, oh, I've just had a baby. Yeah. And you knee jerk, oh, what did it weigh? What do you call it? What, did you have a boy or girl? And we celebrate life. But for every baby that's born, someone dies. But we never go, oh, well, who died? And we, it's something that we kind of sweep under the carpet. We don't celebrate death. And I think the, the most important message that anybody could have, particularly if you're, in, you're creative and you're passionate about something, is recognize that we're all dying. Oh, yeah, we're all on that same path. We're going to get there. And ultima- yes, and ultimately, what you do with the limited time that you have is really important. And did I want to use my limited time chasing bad guys and being stupid no yeah, yeah so so let's 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 fast forward a little bit because i look at you know when when we met we you know you just got into california it, i mean and and you know uh mike brewer had introduced us and and it was one of those things where your eyes were so big i mean because you came <laughs> over and 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 all this was happening the new show you've had an incredible couple of years here in california you you, yeah. you you know you have a new baby you're married you've got all this great opportunity in front of you but at the same time experiencing living in california and i can tell you're fitting in really well because you showed up today in shorts and flip-flops can tell you you've taken in that beach life because he's I, driving in flip-flops i'm just yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i'm guessing here but i bet you didn't wear shorts and flip-flops in october back home actually i'm gonna back this up and i will send you the article i i raced i did a rally um uh it was the hope classic rally and i drove the Milli Miglia Duncan Hamilton XK120. Like, multi-million dollar car. In flip-flops? In flip-flops. <laughs> You're a braver man than me. But the funny thing was is that a, ger- a journalist came on the rally to write an article about the rally, and the majority of the article was that I was wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I can imagine. Because when I drive to the grocery store, I take my flip-flops off oh, so that no, I have better flip-flops. foot control. Uh, There's flip-flops. no way. Flip-flops are fine. I yeah. can't do it. Um, you you, you are it. right. If you if if I was to you know, and I often do, I take I always take moments to pause. Um, you know, we talk about gratitudes I, every night before I go to bed. I I do run through gratitudes in my head. My wife does the same. And if I look at the last two and a half, nearly three years of living in California, it's been a monumental change. So much has happened, and you know, big life moments. I've lived in four houses. Yeah. Um, I've had a child. I've got married. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. But do, do you know what? It's, it's part of the, the same message, isn't it? The fact is, is that we are all on this life path and we make the most of the hand that we're dealt. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I feel like I try and make the most of every hand I've dealt. And when you physically, you know, when I met Christina, my life changed completely because there's only, well, in fact, there's only been ever a couple of times, I imagine only a couple of times in your life that you walk into a room and before a word is spoken, you know that person. You know them. Like, it just happens. Yeah. We've been it. you know, you've been to car shows and a stranger walks in and you just go, whoa, they've got it. 
Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know yeah. what that vibration oh, is, but oh my God, they've got it. And unfortunately, or fortunately, actually, it works the other way. Oh, they've not got it. <laughs> and I've learned, uh, yeah. you know, I've learned to trust my instincts because my instincts are normally right. And that people that give me bad vibes can park it. And people mm-hmm. that give me good vibes don't. And if I'm you, with you, yeah. If you give good vibes, then you, you, yeah. you know, you, you get everything that you ask for. And I've, you know, I've asked for everything. You know, I wanted to settle in here. I feel at home here. I felt at home the minute I landed in California. And, um, yeah, I'm incredibly lucky. Christina and I have, um, you know, our paths have crossed at the absolute perfect timing. It's, you know, we've both been in TV at roughly the same time, yet we never wanted to do TV. She does a show about fixing houses and selling them. I do a show about fixing cars and selling them. We both have an older daughter and younger son. Weirdly, our daughter's birthdays are seven days apart, mm-hmm. and so are our sons. Really? Oh. Exactly seven oh. days apart. And our newborn is it bang in the middle. So it's almost like there's this wow. kind of... Exactly right. There's this kind of real kind of magical synergy that you can't fake. And I, f- I, f- I feel the most comfortable I've ever felt in my life right now. That, that's great. That's Congratulations. Because that doesn't happen for the populace of people. Because most but it, people... But you do know it can happen. But, the reason it's not happening is because they're not allowing it. I was just going to say, but it's because of the things that you pointed out. As you said, it's about kind of finding that channel and getting in it, yes. not trying to be what everybody else wants. Do you know what? It's about cooperation is you know, there's loads of these kind of slogans and t-shirts and quotes that you hear and for me um people are repeating a cycle that's negative don't go back to what broke you the reason why people go back to their old ex-boyfriends their ex-girlfriends is because that's the easy option but ultimately a new path is always going to be a better one. Can can I can I try and uh, put it back into car perspective here? And yeah, this has gone a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. No, but, let, but but I mean, in car perspective, oh, if we podcast for everything, if we if we took it that way, it would be that the team that wins is the one that finds the best line and has the group that supports it. And that's really what we're saying. We're trying to find that in life. And and when it all comes back to it, your new show is it shows. It opens up with you at your house and um, and showing that you've got all this great stuff going. You're playing with your dog, you're you know, you're you're kicking the soccer ball, yeah. you're barbecuing. But I'm a cop. all that is just part of it. It it wouldn't be complete without going and building this car. Absolutely. And what you guys don't know is that, you know, I'm already, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, didn't we, Chris? I'm already talking about the next build. Oh, that's, that's all of us. Yeah. Yes. I haven't even yeah. finished this car yet. Oh, I haven't finished three of them. I know. But, 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 <laughs> and I already got another one. I going. know, but you've got bigger problems with a Fox body Mustang. <laughs> um, and, and also, it's, it's really important as well that, you know, this show, 12 episodes is a lot of... Uh, television real estate to give to one car but the 12th episode for me the best place for my car to go on the planet once it's finished is the only Formula 1 race in America I am taking my car that's been built and bear in mind while that car's been built I had surgery on my arm and had a baby and obviously a load of other issues you know, which you get building cars but I am taking that finished car when it's done to Texas to the Formula 1 as a guest of Alfa Romeo yeah. Their mechanics are going to pour over it, and I'm going to drive it on the racetrack. What's wow. not to like? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I that's mean, fantastic, yeah. but uh, I watched the first episode and kind of see where you are with the project. You better, better, you better hurry Yeah, you on. better hurry yeah. up. Do, do you want me to show you a picture now where we're at now? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Now, now we can't show the, the rest of you guys. Right. Well, this is, this is a little bit of a cheeky little inside because <laughs> this is a podcast. It doesn't work. It doesn't. You're not going to see it anywhere. It's We're not going to post it online. And no, Aaron, we'll so. describe it to you later. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it looks like a car. Oh yeah! Look oh my! Oh wow! There's the... that is that's incredible. It's really come along. Right? It's a car. Yeah. It's an yeah. actual, it's a car. It's an actual car with wheels and a steering wheel that goes brum brum, and we'll be racing around the Circuit of Americas November third. It's fantastic. That's, that's but bear awesome. in mind, bear in mind that we're racing it. On November 3rd, but the show goes out in seven days. So we are yeah. filming and broadcasting the show at the same time. 
There you go. Yeah. See, it was it's a just little so weird. Real. It's a little weird. He went with, Matt, with uh, 35 inch off road tires on that thing. But, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and I'm not sure about that that camouflage wrap that you put on it. So, <laughs> hey, hey, but yeah. the, it doesn't scream you know, Alfa Romeo to me, <laughs> camouflage wrap. But, it's a special. It's my, my it's, rules. There you go. It's his vision of it. His vision after he got hit in the head midway through the season skewed a little bit. No, the, not, the car is beautiful. I'm not taking any Fox body advice from you. <laughs> so, so we've got. I'm going to show you how to spend $100,000 on a 22. $200 car. Oh, I know that game. <laughs> I already know how to play that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, yeah, before we uh, right, this wrap This is getting serious up. because Brad's put on a pair of spectacles. I've put on, a, I've put on my eyes so that I can read and that. picked up a sheet of paper. That Ant Adstead's Master Mechanic debuts. The world premiere Ooh. is Thursday, October 10th, and it's exclusively on the Motor Trend app. And let me tell you, we saw it. Aaron, what did you think about that uh that rough cut that we got to see. Uh, I got to say, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're getting to know each other more and more. And Ant, I got to say, I love you, man, because you're a patina guy. You're, you're, a, you're a boat tail rooster kind of guy. No, he's a Christina guy, not a patina guy. But it's like, uh, I, I, I love your choices. And I messaged you that this morning. I love your choices and I love your style. And, and, and that V5 you had, that the, that the way the delivery was on that, I love that stuff, but the show, I saw a little snippet at the end of where that thing's going, and I, I know I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm really excited to see where you go. Oh, good man. And the authenticity, yeah, and the authenticity of what you're doing by hand it is what we all want to see, and, and, and frankly, there's not much of it, and, and the Motor Trend platform is great because we can invest in it because they're giving us the content we want to see, and your show is what we want to see, so I'm I'm excited. Yeah, good. Well, I I, I hope you watch it. I hope you stick with it. And um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fantastic twelve weeks. And um, I know the crew here they've they've loved it as well. And they've they're in it. They're in the show. You know, we've made it really real. We've broke the third wall every episode. I talked to the crew. I used the crew. And when I you know, unfortunately, I did have an operation, so I was without an arm for a few weeks. And those guys genuinely stepped up and helped. We're talking about yeah. you know, Chris was using a he's a Although he's a quite competent car builder, he's using a grinder on the show. I thought it was a little awkward, though, the way he stood behind you and actually represented your missing arm. That was, you know, but once I got used to it, I was good. I was good. Now, you've got to be careful. This show is successful. Motor Trend's going to want you to do one of these every year. Uh, well, it's really funny you say that because, you know, yesterday, you know, we all hope that, you know, I hope that the show goes out as enjoyed and is watched. And, you know, I hate to say it, but we're in an industry that's measured by ratings. It's measured yes. by performance. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the, the, that's the truth of it. And ultimately, you know, I hope this show, I believe, deserves to do really well because of the amount of heart and soul and passion that a small team of people have put into it. And yes, I want it to be successful. I want Motor Trend to have the problem. I want them to say, oh, my yeah. gosh, we're going to have to do this again because it was really But popular. in six weeks, Ant. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? well, I think the recipe is there. It, looks, it, it definitely looks and feels like uh, when you watch it that you built the show for you. Yes. And that makes it more appealing to all of us. Well, it, and, yeah, yeah and, it's, it's really funny because there, there, there's, like kind of, there's this kind of uh, sort of recipe for car shows that's kind of – Fallen into that's what a car show needs to look like. Yeah, and I can't stand it when car shows force in jeopardy. I don't think it's acceptable. Right. Um, the viewer is now completely educated. They know that there's a sound man and a cameraman and a director, and they yeah, lit yeah. it. They know this. What? They know. Yeah. They know that. <laughs> I was so, wondering who all these people are in here. Yeah, I know. So, there's so, all these guys here. <laughs> so what's really nice about this show is that we just tell the truth. We just tell the yeah. truth from start to finish. Hey, I'm building a car. Come and watch it. This is you know I take the camera off the camera and I go there's the cameraman Scott just yeah, so you know. Yeah. Give it back. And I call them, like, come in, come in, check this out or get closer. It's, it's very, very, very real. And it's, it's how um, I, I shot the, sh the shot blasting scene. And I've seen that two or three minutes where um, I take over and I take a GoPro. You're in the booth. I take a GoPro and I film it myself. Mm -hmm. And I'll use my phone a lot in this show. Because, you know, we all carry with us. This this is a, an unbelievable tool. And that's what makes oh, this yeah, car yeah. so brilliant is all these car kids that are on YouTube and providing content and sharing content are doing it because they carry the power in their pocket. Um, and, you know, we do, too. At a point, it's going to get to the point where you're going to be building that car. But we're going to see it live and people are going to be interacting down the side of the screen going, hey, now, why did you do it that way? And, or, or you said about the ladder frame. Can you tell me? Yeah. And and 
there'll be somebody there monitoring it, and I mean, yeah, we'll see that someday. And yeah, I guess the key, uh, the key to being sort of creative and cutting edge is to find out what the next fa- thing is and what mm-hmm. the next popular is. And you know, we obviously live TV adds a layer of excitement that you can't fake. And I love doing live TV. I've done loads of BBC live shows, and live TV is a, a really fascinating space. And with social media the way it is, um, you know. Instagram lives are really good examples. I mean, I watch when Christina does an Instagram live. It's monumental. Like tens of thousands of people yeah. tune in to see makeup or a dinner be made. And, you know, I think that ultimately I'm going to say something really controversial. He's smiling. <laughs> we love controversy. About time. This is incredibly controversial, <laughs> but I think this is the crux of it. And you'll know that I'm just a straight talk. I'm an honest person. I don't believe any car show on the planet has hit the sweet spot, ever. I agree. And that there was a moment, you know, people, whenever you talk about a car content show, it's usually measured against Top Gear. Mm -hmm. So there was a moment where Clarkson, Hammond and May just about got it right and then straight off and got it wrong again. Right. Grand Tour hasn't completely got it right. Wheeler Dealers hasn't completely got it right. But ultimately, there is somewhere out there in our future, there is a car show that exists that will hit the sweet spot for what the viewer wants. And the moment that the networks decide to not reinvent and just create something new is the moment that they'll smash it. So trying to get, well, let's get three guys and a sofa and let's have them do a challenge is regurgitated stuff. That's been done and people have seen it. And ultimately, someone will hit upon that sweet spot one day and it will capture the imagination of a whole generation of car people. And young people that are watching car content on their phone will be reinvigorated, and then they will then go and rewatch Wheeler Dealers 17 years ago. They will then go and watch yeah. Top Gear 20 years ago. They- no, no, you're right, because, it, it, you yeah. know, we're so close to it. You know, we, we, you know <laughs> we're all going in and pitching and doing things, and, and, and so we see it, and we know the walls that we hit, and, you know, it's, it's everywhere. But we've got, to, we've got to get it and keep the essence of the automotive world there yeah. because it's when it gets too far into entertainment and too far into ratings yeah. that's when it just it just kind of gets lo- off yeah, it loses course. And, that's, and it's really funny because that is exactly the conversation we had when i stepped into wheeler dealers it was so important to me that the core show wheeler dealers had to still be wheeler dealers it had to be the same show yes the cast change is going to make it different but the core the the content the take home the science the teaching it has to be the same show that it was 17 years ago. And in the moment we lose that, it's the moment we walk away. And I have to hold my hands up and say to the team, they, they've really stuck by that. They really, truly have yeah. created. They've created a show that I, I think is, it's, it's stayed true to its soul. And that's a really hard thing to do. And it's very, very tempting, I can imagine, from a network perspective to tweak <laughs> it and change it. And I've seen these shows. And I'm, you know, I, I don't like to criticize anybody else's work. I've seen shows that I think to myself, that's a real shame. We, yeah, right. You, yeah, you've, we, we you've, all missed, have. you've missed the whole point of why I'm in this sector, and that's to teach well, and inspire. I, 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 I think, yeah, and, and the core of that whole argument is they're trying to please everybody. And, and that's where I love that the name Bespoke has, has come to surface right now and is popular, because that may be that one key element that puts it all back in perspective, is that we're making stuff like your show – about what you like and what yes. you like it's straight may back. just as well be what many people like. But but exactly. everybody's trying to please everybody, well, and that started kind of in the 50s, and, and that's kind of been the problem. Yeah, and that's great advice to tell young people. Stop trying to please everyone. <laughs> it's okay to have people not like you. It's, like, it's totally yeah. cool. That is yeah. the whole car world summed <laughs> up, though. Individuality is what hot rods and custom cars, race cars, everything are about. I, that's what a hot rod is. A, a hot rod is not a, you know, a custom fendered thirty-two. It's it's that you built something that pleases you. Yes, and yeah. build it for yourself. It's that Anthony Bourdain quote, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make, make something that you're totally and utterly passionate about in the hope that just one more person likes it. As well. Right. And right on. as long as you please yourself, 
Who cares about pleasing the world because you're happy? We've got to do some business here. Um, we've got SEMA coming up. Yeah, we have. Maybe we'll twist your arm, not your bad arm, your good one. And uh, I'm going to And SEMA. get you to come up and give us an update on the car. Well, I'm actually asking for my car to attend. Well, that'd be great. Then you can point it out, yeah. tell us, and, and we'll follow up with this. Maybe we can talk about that because we're doing, again this year, we're going to be live on stage at MagnaFlow. That's right. We're going to be doing shift and steer each day from, uh, from the event, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday. And then on Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be doing a second show in the afternoon. And we'll be announcing that on our social media later this week. But it's, uh, it's going to happen for sure. So we'll do a video podcast in the afternoon. Afternoon and our audio podcast in the morning. That'll be from the MagnaFlow booth in Central Hall. So anybody that's going to the event who's able to go, uh, swing by. We'll post the times and what we're going to, when and where we're going to be doing that exactly. Uh, and if you can't make it, of course, you'll be able to get all the podcasts and listen to them. Uh, as we post them up on iTunes, and uh, and then Brad and I will be uh, with a, a very prestigious group judging the Hot yeah. Wheels Legends Tour Grand Finale. How would we get in there with Jay Leno and all those uh, guys? It's, uh, it's you and I. It's our friend Dave Merrick, Jay Leno, Adam Carolla. we got a, uh, a big group of guys that uh, the Hot, Roll, Hot Wheels Legends Tour has been going around the country doing these shows. Meeting a bunch of people building their specials. There's all these people. hand-built, all people, hand-built cars that are completely over the top, meant to be real-life Hot Wheels cars, which are which are oftentimes pretty crazy. So, they've uh, I forgot how many events they did, eighteen or twenty events or something, all like that. over the place. All of those people. There was one winner from each one of those locations. They were all invited to SEMA, and we're going to be judging those groups. We're going to pick one winner. How do we do that? How and, do we choose and, one person? And that person's car will become a Hot Wheels toy. That's cool. Which is going to be fun. Seems so judgmental, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> Talk about some unique cars. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they are. They, they build some real oh, creations yeah. of their own love. And wow. uh, you mentioned MagnaFlow as well. So Wednesday morning, in that same MagnaFlow booth, same podcast stage, Adam Kroll and I will be there 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. We will be interviewing the winner of that uh, Legends Tour and someone from Hot Wheels and announcing who that's going to be. So Yeah, it's going to be a good podcast there. Huge SEMA. We've got so much going on. Make sure you go to shiftandsteer.com. You can always get all the back episodes there, all of our photo galleries, but go there before SEMA. We'll be posting a map and all of our appearance times at both uh, locations. Make sure you can find it and uh, get there on time so you don't miss any of our great guests and our interviews that are happening. I know you guys are all going to be there wanting to see pictures of every single amazing car that's there, but my... my Ford Lightning will be in the MagnaFlow booth out front by the Ford Drifting area. And what kind of wheels is it going to be it's rolling It's going to be on? rolling on Bond Speed wheels. We're going to talk about that next week. We've got to get into That's more. Right. We've made some wheel decisions. So the world's greatest F-150 is going to show up at the SEMA show. With the world's greatest <laughs> wheels, Bond Speed wheels. Hey, um, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, anything else that you, you need to pump here before we go? No, that's good. Aaron, do you have anything that you need to mention, buddy? Uh, no, I think I'm good offhand. I'm still giggling at stuff. So. Uh, Ant, where can we find you online? <laughs> um, I can be uh, accessed on social media. I have an Instagram and a Twitter account. Um, it's at underscore Antstead. Um, I'm going to put some updates on there. We've got a promo, actually, for the show, I think, is yeah. coming out today. So, I saw a promo last night uh, on LinkedIn, of all places. And, LinkedIn? Uh, Who uses yes. LinkedIn? My God, what are you, 75? I am. I am. Damn close. <laughs> God, every time uh, I get an email that says LinkedIn, I'm like, oh, spam. Yeah, right? Spam. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I got business. I've got to be on there. The show but, is Ant Anstead, Master Mechanic. It's on Motor Trend app, uh, Motor Trend On Demand, everywhere you can go. Just go to Motor Thursday, October the 10th. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and then soon after that, a new season of Wheeler Dealers. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, Wheeler yeah. Dealers is on right now. So, the new season yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're on about episode three. It's on, is it Thursday nights, Chris? Um, um, it's on right now. It's either yes. Wednesday or Thursdays. Um, and, yeah, the new show goes out. They, and, get this, on, on the 10th of October, they're actually going to drop the first three episodes. Oh, okay. So they're going to drop three. Oh. So you can have what I think in we TV can binge. world. Is, it's the word, binge. binge. Yes, we can binge. Uh, it just feels so sort of 
It's greedy. Yeah, it does. It does. It's uh, we're we're yeah. just gonna Lots binge on it. It's a little dirty, but, like Aaron's laugh. Yeah. You can sit at home naked. <laughs> yeah. Binging. Um, and then and then episode Man. four onwards is gonna be one a week for, for the remaining nine weeks. Perfect. Nice. It's hey, fun, guys. You guys definitely want to check it out. And it? I want to thank all the guys. He he brought in the whole crew today. We've got we've got a sound man, a cameraman. We've got directors and producers. And there's uh, now yeah. What you guys don't realize is that actually because we are in the middle of filming the show, this this is going to be part of part of the actual show. I mean, this footage will weave yeah. somehow into that's awesome. You guys must be special. Brad turned the air on for you guys. Though. Yeah, I don't usually, you know, that's, you know, that's going to cost me a couple bucks extra. But I said, you know, Ant's coming by. We're turning on the and, air. And it's actually a good thing that you're not here, Aaron, because when they sort of fuzz out things in post, they charge per inch. And that would have been a huge bill. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Ant, thanks for coming by. Oh, thanks I, for having me, guys. It was great. It was a great discussion. And um, the show, honestly... We were so happy that we got that little pre because it's, you know, you get a press release, you, you come in and tell us, but we actually got to get that yeah, sneak peek and, and get the essence of the show. It's very cool. That's yeah. Exclusive. Great. yeah. And uh, where can they right, find guys. you online, Matt? Check me out. I'm at Moderator on all social media. And you guys can also follow uh, car, our uh, uh, Ship Steer Media. Shift Steer Media, that's yeah, right. That's us? Yeah, Shift Steer Media on Instagram. Follow whatever you want. Yeah, I'm Bradley underscore Fanshawe, and everywhere else it's Brad Fanshawe. Instagram is where I do most of my posting, so check it out there. Aaron, how about you, buddy? I'm pretty easy. Hagar Google's well. I'm Aaron Hagar everywhere except uh, The Rat Runner's Garage is my website. If you want to see some stuff that I haven't updated in years. And I do want to say that, uh, Aaron, you didn't drop out once today, so I'm very pleased. Yes. And Aaron, what's, yes, it's and what's, a camera crew. what's your, what's your yeah. LinkedIn account, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, what's your LinkedIn, Aaron? <laughs> Come on now. You know, I, I couldn't tell you because I'm not technically in business. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. I thanks for listening. <laughs> Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to Shift and Steer. We'll see you next week. If you like this show, also listen to Man Seeks Adventure and Dixon's Wild Ride. You can find Man Seeks Adventure at manseeksadventure.com.